Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Welcome to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so excited that you're here. Each week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. I want to thank one of our sponsors for this week's show, and it is Kurt Felsman's debut EP, Majesty and Mystery. If you're looking for some more great, meaningful worship these days, then Kurt Felsman is for you. He's a Canadian-born worship leader who now lives in the U.S. with his family. He's been leading people in corporate worship for nearly 20 years, and his heart is to see people experience the goodness and glory of God. Hey guys, you are listening to episode number 78, and I know that I do not sound normal, and it's because I've had the flu for like four days, and let me tell you, the flu is no joke. I've never been this sick in my entire life, so I apologize for the way that I sound, but it is what it is. But I don't apologize for my guest today because you're going to love my conversation with Jessie R.T. Jessie's a blogger at the Style and Pepper blog, and she's a fellow podcaster at the Marriage is Funny podcast. Today, we talked about our thoughts on motorcycles plus Vespas, and she shares about her struggle with depression a few years ago and how she helps women walk through some of those struggles right now. Guys, I also want to say thank you. February was our biggest month ever. The Happy Hour had over 100,000 downloads in the month of February, and that's because of you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. I seriously am so, so proud of this show, and I'm so thankful to all of you that listen. Before we get on to my conversation with Jesse, guys, I want to remind you about a great way that you can support the show. We all, we all love Amazon, right? Like, I wouldn't have anything in my house without Amazon. I think the UPS truck shows up three times a week at my house. Well, the next time you're using it for shoes or books or buying dog food in bulk or whatever you're buying at Amazon... Use the link jamieivy.com slash Amazon. When you do that, that link takes you straight to Amazon, but it also gives this show, The Happy Hour, a small percentage of what you buy. And it's a huge help with the expenses of putting on a podcast and a live show. And it's just a win-win for everybody. That's jamieivy.com slash Amazon. Okay, guys, here's my conversation with Jesse. Hi, welcome. I'm so glad that you're on The Happy Hour. (laughs) Me? I've only been trying to do this forever. I know, right? And that's so fun. Okay, so we met at a noonday conference. Is that correct? I think so. Like but two actually, years ago. You know what? I I think that we actually had crossed paths just so very briefly before that um, at a Texas Style Council thing. I remember Camille Styles was there and Indiana. Were you at that? I wasn't. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I yeah. wish they, that event sounds so fun, but I've never been. Well, okay. For some reason, I think that's when I like found out about you. Well, maybe. Somehow. I mean, I would love to be associated with anything that has the word style on it, but that's not usually where I fall. <laughs> Let's well, be no, it was like a, it was a South by Southwest event. Uh huh. Did you ever go to? And yeah, I went to a fashion show one time at a South by Southwest event. That was it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And Indiana was there. Do you know Indiana? I know who she is. I've never, okay. I don't think I've ever met her. So that was the only reason that I was invited. Okay, that's was crazy. I was with her and I was in town for that. And uh, yeah. So. Was it in like this kind of bar-ish area yep. and I stood upstairs? You, uh, gosh. yeah, sure. I don't know where you stood. Yeah, that's I where like, I stood. I'm trying to remember who I went with because that's not an event that I would just like, oh, I think I'm going to go to this Texas style event. I wonder who invited me. Huh? It, it, it's been years. It has I mean, been. It's yeah. Probably been four, four, maybe five years. I feel like. Wow. Yeah. I remember that. Anyhow. I wish but, I yeah. remember who I was with. Dang no, it. That's, that's okay. going to kill me. I, we actually officially connected. You're right. At noonday, a couple of, uh, actually that was two years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I last, it was last year. Yes. You're right. You're right. Exactly. One year ago. <laughs> I've done, <laughs> I've done their next event since then. So that's why I was thinking, sure. like, Oh, two, two events. 
yes. two conferences ago. Sure. Yes. Um, so we met there and I remember thinking, well, obviously we met at the style thing that I was probably like sweating profusely because I felt so out of water that I don't remember this. <laughs> um, but I remember when I met you at the noonday conference and I thought this girl is really cool. And so I am so glad to know you. I'm I mean, so I don't want to sound mistaken. dorky. Whatever. <laughs> What I, you seemed like a girl that I would hang out with, if that makes sense. I agree. I, I, well, I mean, I just feel the same about you. Um, I don't agree that I'm someone that <laughs> I, you would you hang should, out with. Yes. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think we connected and uh, it's been fun since then to get to know you both like in our own way on the side, but also via your show. I am such an avid listener oh, of sweet. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey and um it was so funny because this morning my husband was like, so what, what do you, what do you have going on today? And so I was kind of just rattling off a couple things. And of course mentioning that I was going to be talking to you and, uh, I was just like totally geeking out over it. And he had me explain again, you know how sometimes husbands, I don't know if Aaron's like this, but you have to like re-explain who someone is oh, a couple yes. of times. Uh, that's yeah. Normal. Yeah. Okay. So yes. re-explaining because you guys have never met. So he doesn't like, it's hard for him to connect for sure, yeah. dots unless he's actually like made the connection. So I was re-explaining and telling him about your show and telling him how I've been listening for, for what feels like, I don't, how long have you been doing the show? Almost two years. So, okay, so I, I definitely have been, I've listened to every single episode, Oh, that's so sweet. That out there. but I think I've only been listening for probably about a year. So I've like, I've like dug into the archives. <laughs> like I went way back. Anyway, so I was telling him all of this and he was like, oh, dang, are you nervous? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, babe. That's great. I Just wasn't until wasn't now. Said that, so get your butt out of here. He's uh, working from home today, actually. So I kicked him. I fully kicked him out. I was like, you need to go to the coffee shop because I need privacy and quiet and yes, like for sure so I have a question about that because you said you were taking him somewhere are y'all a one-car family we are a one-car family actually have been for the entirety of our marriage okay, there was like tell me a, why yeah so we have always lived in a very walkable area that's yeah. the that's the number one reason so when we got married uh we we got married in san diego and at the time had two cars because it's really not as easy to have uh limited car access in southern california but we got married drove uh what at the time was my he he got rid of his car drove my car to kansas city missouri we lived uh, basically downtown or not downtown, but near the plaza, which is like super fun area in Kansas city. We lived there for five years mm -hmm. and it was just really walkable. So we had the one car, he was in grad school. So he, um, had like an interesting schedule. We just were always able to work around like, okay, you take it now. I'll right. have it then. Da, da, da. Um, I was able to ride at the time, ride uh, mass transportation to and from work. So he had it during the days and then, you know, we're together on the weekends and then, we moved from Kansas City to New York City and obviously – Hello, yeah. Like yeah, you hello. lived in the city? You know, we actually – we lived in Hoboken, which is just right across the Hudson River. It's like okay. this tiny little postage stamp. But I've heard that name land. before. Why? Yeah. Is it famous? Uh, I mean, sure. It's – so the birthplace of baseball and Frank Sinatra. Well, Both maybe that's why I've heard of it. <laughs> Those are like the claims to fame. Okay. Also um, – we got hit pr pretty hard during Hurricane Sandy. So okay. people, I feel like that's one of the things people always ask us about. Like, oh, how was that? Like, okay, no, but I, I'm having another thought. The movie with Tom Hanks and the girls playing baseball? Oh, uh, no, I think that was the mid Midwest. Okay, but there wasn't a team in there with that name? There might have been. Mm. I should know because I probably have seen that movie a hundred times. Well, I don't. Just, I just showed my kids like two it was weeks like ago. The Racine Peaches and the Kenosha Comets. I. I oh well, maybe yeah. I'm off. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it, it sounds like one of the names that it just totally is the same genre of name. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But so it's really cool. It's such a great spot. Um, we loved it a lot, and it's. I mean, we could be into the city. I mean, I could be into the West Village in like four minutes via subway. So. Um, it's so, so close. It's pretty much a, pretty much a softball's throw away. Mm. There <laughs> um, you go. There you go. But anyway, so that was super easy to get around with only one car. Um, and then, I mean, we haven't had the same car all the way through, For but sure. we just, there was like maybe 
three months of an overlap where we'd gotten a new car and just hadn't gotten rid of my, mm-hmm. my old car yet. So, and then we moved to Southern California in October of, well, September of 2015 and just kind of feel like we've made it this far. We've been not? almost nine years. And even though it is more rare here, just cause it's like such a freeway culture, mm-hmm. we figured let's see how long we can go. Plus, hello, we don't want to have to spend money on buying a new car and new insurance and all that. So right. uh, we've made it work. We also, we do have a Vespa scooter. Uh, but uh, we don't, we don't we used have to have a Vespa. Seriously? Yes. Oh my gosh. We could have, we could have had like Vespa double dates. Oh yeah. Aaron and I, I, okay, so when we first got it, I was a little apprehensive because I'm anti-motorcycles, and I clearly oh, well, know there's I a difference actually, I, between no, a Vespa I and a motorcycle. I feel the same way. I'm, like, a very skittish of motorcycles. Oh, me and too. I, Gerard really wants one, and I'm like, uh, yeah, that's not happening. But I think they're stupid. Like, I'll just, like, I know people are going to be mad when I say that. I just, I, I don't get, I don't get I don't like the, them. I have several no. friends that, like, they go out on Saturdays, and they ride, and they love it. Please. I shouldn't say I think they're stupid. That's harsh. But I don't want to ride one. I definitely don't want to ride one. Um, I, when I was little, my, so my dad's brother had one for years and years and years, and it was like a cool one, which Mm -hmm. that's where I kind of am like, okay. There's something kind of appealing about that. And like, I can also see why a motorcycle guy would see my closet and be like, these shoes are stupid. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But it's like, no, but I have my shoes for the same reason that you have this souped up motorcycle. Right. Like, no. We all have our thing. Yeah, we all have our thing. So anyways, when I was little, my, so my, my dad's brother, my uncle had this like really cool motorcycle. And I remember thinking like when it was parked in our driveway, he was like, do you want to, do you want to come on a quick ride? Like just around the neighborhood with me. And I remember thinking like, yes, I love roller coasters. I love like crazy, fun, fast things. And so let's do it. And I remember being on the back of the motorcycle the entire time. I think I probably had like tears blowing backwards <laughs> yeah. on my face because I was so scared, which oh. I don't know why. Um, anyways, so fast forward to our, uh, sorry, I'm telling you this whole big story. No, I but love it. feels actually applicable for just some of the things we were talking about a second ago. So we get engaged to be married and Gerard's like, I, I kind of think I want a motorcycle and his car was about ready. His car was like, I'm probably saying this wrong. I think it was like 15 years old at the time. Uh-huh. It was like his mom's car when he was growing up For and sure. then she gave it to him. And so it was like ready to kick the bucket. It was so old that we, we donated it when uh, yeah. I don't think we could have sold it for like maybe a few hundred dollars. Yeah. Anyways. So he was like, I want to get a motorcycle. And I was like, you're nuts. You're, you're, you are crazy. Um, just because he knew I didn't like them. And so I was like, why would you even suggest that? It's not happening. <laughs> right. Um, meanwhile, he's probably thinking, crap, I'm already engaged to this girl. I can't back out now. Now what? But, um, so, so I said, what if we got like, what if we got like a Vespa, <laughs> which is like you said, so, so different. The same right. And if like, you, we couldn't even take ours on the freeway. Like, no, no, ours no, either. Yeah. No, 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 no. You have to have like, it has to be above, <laughs> in certain states it's different. It has to be like above 150 cc's. Yeah. And I think ours was like 145. Um, it's it, it's not safe on the freeway. What can you go 40? Like I mean, oh, it's so crazy. Ours, can go, ours goes like 80. Oh but... wow! I don't think ours did that, or at least okay. I never did that. So so anyways, so he was like, I don't think that will fully make up for <laughs> me not able to get a motorcycle, but but maybe I could be persuaded. So that was actually our wedding gift to each other. Was we, yeah. So we got this Vespa, and then. The, literally the the way that I ended up finally like sealing the deal was suggesting and kind of also had it having to commit like our families were like you guys are what this is crazy like you're getting ready to like start I don't know we just had a lot of expenses at the time they're like you're gonna blow money on this like gift yeah. to each other when you have a mortgage and like grad school and all this stuff anyway uh we were we were babies we were 22 when we got married we thought that would be fun and of course, so yeah. so that was what we rode away from our wedding on at uh, like like in we, your well, dress had, and everything yeah well i changed i had i changed dresses partway okay. through our wedding okay. to like a short little party dress yeah. but anyway so we hopped on the back i the place we bought the vespa from had given us um his like a dark charcoal silver helmet and mine was a white helmet we fully glued like a fake veil on the back of mine and zipped off into the midnight I Um, love that 
So yeah, so we still have that, but it's still in Kansas City. So we don't ride it here, but we, we can make do. The places that we really frequent that are near where we live here in Long Beach are all pretty walkable. So yeah. so anyway, I it's love just that coordination. <laughs> I When Aaron first got his Vespa, I wasn't the biggest fan because it equaled motorcycle to me. And then I quickly realized that it didn't. Um, but we would take it like out on date nights and it was yeah. super fun. I mean- okay. Don't you feel like in such a good, or so you don't have it anymore? No, we don't. And we live like 15 oh, miles outside the city. Far away so. now. I forgot. Yeah. 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 That would be longer. Best friend. I just get in the city. There were times when like I would have the worst day. And I, I remember specifically one day I, I actually, um, this was when we were in Kansas city and I, I think I, well, long story short, I'm pretty sure I was in between jobs. And so I was babysitting at the time for some family friends. And I had babysat all day and these kids were like total nightmares. And you have to know something about me. I absolutely adore children. Like I love hanging out with kids. And this particular day was really bad. And these kids were like trapping me under, they were like older kids and they were like beating me up. I'm not even like, this sounds like my children. It was No, but I, no, I guarantee you. I, I guarantee you. These All, kids, any babysitters of mine are listening. You're like, yes, that's that. No, no, I, I don't believe it. And you know what else? Like I, I'm not the sugary sweet, like, okay, baby, don't do that. Don't hit me. Uh-huh. Like I was like, no, this is not. And they were like not having it. So anyways, I had the worst day, but I had taken the Vespa there and was going to ride the Vespa home. And I remember it was, it was also raining. So like we couldn't go outside. It was drizzling on my way home. And I remember getting home and I had like started crying on the way home because it was such a hard day, but I got home and I'm like drenched in rain. My face, my mascara was probably all over the place. My hair's, you know, helmet head. Uh I walked in. And I have the biggest smile on my face. And Gerard is like, you look like a crazy person. He's like, what happened? How, what is going on? And I was like, I just had the worst day. But I'm telling you, a zip around the, you know, neighborhood on that fest. I mean, it was probably like a few miles home. Right. I just was in the best mood after a quick ride on the scooter. And so we quickly realized that that was the best mode of transport. A little pick-me-up, yeah. Such a pick-me-up. The okay. wind Man. You'll have to send me a picture of you guys on yours, and I'll put a picture of Aaron and I oh, on ours. It'll be oh, so that'd be cute. So fun. Okay, I totally will. Um, I think there might be a picture of us leaving our wedding on the Vespa on our Meet the Peppers page. Uh, I feel like someone else actually referenced that, okay. and I was like, How did you know we had a Vespa? They're like, It's on your website, dummy. Okay, there it's you like, go. Hello. Oops. Okay, speaking of your website, I want you. Not just for me, because I feel like that I've gotten to know you a little bit through like Voxer. Hello. Remember when I boxed you and I was like, hey, I don't know if you remember me or not. I know. And I was like, girl, I hang out with you every week on the happy hour. (laughs) So I've gotten to know you a little bit and I listen to y'all's show. So that helps me get to know you guys as well. But can you clarify a couple of things for me? Yeah. I've got two things I need you to clarify for me. Number one, what do you do? (laughs) And number two, your last names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a little bit more clarification from a recent episode of you guys, yeah. but just let every, all of our listeners know what you do and your last names. Okay. Because I thought I... your name for a long time was Jesse Pepper. Yeah. You know who gave me that name is Kendi Skeen. I don't know who that is. Oh, oh, Kendi Every Day? No. Do I oh, even my, know th- wait, oh, my gosh. She's a fellow Texas gal. Oh, oh my I gosh. need to know. Whoa. Yeah. My mind was just blown. I thought y'all were friends for some reason. Uh, I will make that connection promptly. Anyhow, I love Texas so, women. Yeah. love Texas. Love my Texas friends. Anyway. So great questions. Both, both of them, because both cause a lot of confusion for people. And in my I'm life. sure you so, get asked a lot. So yeah, but I don't mind answering. So, okay. and I, just to clarify, do you mean what I do for work? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. What are you doing right now? <laughs> well, I'm sitting on my couch. So anyways, because I know you uh, have your hands in a lot of things. And so I, I want you to do. tell people about them. I do. And you know what? It changes I would say like I've noticed looking back about every six months, I get to kind of pivot a little bit and a lot of it is based, well, a lot of it's based on just opportunities that come about. So I'll just- Well, and you seem like a real dreamer, creative, and I noticed that, yeah, I noticed that people like like you, they tend to um, start things and dream things and really do do a lot of different things. So that's why I want to hear what you're doing now. I, yeah, for sure. I also am a very project-oriented person, which mm-hmm. for a while I struggled with because when you start something, 
if you don't have a lifespan attached to it, like a pre, a yeah. preset thing, it, it sometimes feels like every time you end something, it's like, did I mess that up or mm. am I failing? And I actually, um, there's an author who I really love. Do you know Seth Godin? Yes. Okay. So, so I got to spend a weekend with a couple of other creatives and he and his team up in his like little hometown up in, um, like upstate New York, basically uh-huh, just uh-huh. a couple of hours North of New York city. And it was such an amazing experience. But one of the things that really blew my mind from that weekend was him, first of all, kind of identifying that he usually attracts that kind of person in a lot of ways, like that project oriented person. It just like, for some reason ends up being, you know, I'm sure a lot of creatives can relate to that, but it's specifically, it's almost like a subcategory, I think of creative people. Right. And so he was saying, you know, he relates to that as well. And, and I think kind of said that's him too. And he said, one of the things we have to remember is that if you're a project oriented person, it's easy to feel like every time something ends, especially if it's a project that you started, that you're failing. But if you start to view the end of a project as just that and something where basically having a project with a lifespan mm-hmm is healthier than saying, I'm going to start this thing and it's going to grow and grow and grow and keep going and it's going to outlive me and someone mm-hmm. else is going to take over and da, da, da. And, and that's okay. And I think, you know, I talk a lot about um, having gentleness and grace with yourself. And that was like a perfect depiction, uh, a, a really good way to describe that in something that I was challenged by mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, so since then, I've become much more okay with saying, yeah, I do these projects, I start things, I uh, I work really hard on them, and then a lot of times I end them too, and that's okay. And that's okay. I'm sure that was a really good like relief for you because all of a sudden you felt like, okay, I can keep doing it this way, and instead yeah. of viewing it as a fail, I view it yeah. as it is just what it is, and it ended, and it was exactly. productive, and then we move on. And I think too, I, I like to look back on like the different chapters of even just if you just connect it to my career. I mean, I've done a lot of different things, but it's like, I couldn't, it's just like the chapters in a book. Like if you skipped to chapter 13 or 14, you'd be like, I don't really know what's going on because I didn't get the character development right. in two and I didn't get the plot, you know, plot twist in chapter six. And, and so I, I couldn't do any of what I do now without the, the progress of, of all of the other things that I've got. That you've done before. Yeah. So to fully answer your question, currently I spend most of my time, um, co-hosting and producing a podcast with my husband called marriage is funny because it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that takes up a decent chunk of my time. As you know, it's, yes. uh, it's very time consuming, but it is, it is really where my heart's at right now. Um, and then I also... Well, wait, can I stop you real quick? Yeah. I have a question because after all that you just said about the final, like getting in an end date, <laughs> like a lifespan, and I know that in your podcast, you do seasons. We do. Was that a part of that? Praise Jesus. Right. Was that where that came from? Like you said, okay, I'm going to go yeah. for 10 episodes for this season. And so you yeah. have an end date? So when we started, our funny story about starting was that we did it as an experiment. And so we were just like... Basically, let's just see what happens. And 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 so I said to Gerard, well, actually, the first iteration of that was, let's do three episodes uh-huh. and not say like we're starting this thing and we're going right. to take over the world. And that still is not our goal. But we we just said let's like let's do three episodes and, and launch with three. So right out the gate, we we posted all three on the same day. And then as we started getting into our groove, which took a while. Episode four is like me having a total breakdown and crying. (laughs) Um, And so then we kind of got into our groove after that. It still is really challenging, which that's a different conversation Mm -hmm. probably. But um, we said, we're going to at least commit to, I think once we got to 10 episodes, we're like, we can do 20. It might be blood, sweat and tears, but we can do 20 and we will survive. And so we decided that after, and it part of it, the number of episodes for us had to do with our our kind of like life stage at the time. Like That's episode, so good, yeah, yeah. Episode ten, we discovered we were moving from New York to LA, so we were like, "Well." That's going to be hard. So we just were like, let's, we looked at the calendar and said, this is going to be when we end. And and it just was like kind of near 20. So we said, let's do 20. And then we took a big break from September, like mid to end of September was our 
wrap of season one. And then we took a break until January, uh, the first week of January was yeah. when we start, started season two and we're midway through season two. So that was part of why we just really felt like at least let's get through a season. And if there's only one season, then that's what who it cares? is. Yeah. That's great. Whatever. I love that. I love when you talk about getting in your groove, because when people tell me like you did earlier that you went back and listened to all of them, I'm beyond grateful for that. Like I literally, <laughs> I look at the numbers I'll and there's those downloads up girl. I know I'm, I'm, there's not a month goes by that yeah. each episode doesn't have over like a hundred, 200. Episodes. So I'm like, people are going back and listening. And I always want to say there's great content back there. Yeah. I didn't have a freaking clue what I was doing. So just give me some grace. <laughs> Oh yeah, and I think I don't know if that that I don't know if that was super noticeable. You know, I think oh well, I you're said, sweet. Well, thank you. But also, I think I listened to like maybe one or two of your recent ones, fell in love instantly, and honestly, like oh, I'm gonna make you so uncomfortable right now. But you are just so precious and so relatable. I really do feel like when I'm listening, I'm hanging out with you. And like, Uh, I remember falling in love with you as a friend right away. And then I'm pretty sure I went straight back to the beginning. And so I actually, I, I like listened along to the progression of you mm -hmm. getting better and you getting more comfortable. But it, it was like, you know how, when you're your hair grows. You don't mm -hmm. like notice it growing because it's just, it's right. So, it's progress, but it's, it's incremental. So anyway. Um, well, thank you friend. Yeah, yeah totally. It means a lot. Okay. So you're doing your podcast. Just so funny. we're doing the podcast marriage is funny. And then, um, I also, I mentor women through this lifestyle design approach called pepperology that I created, uh, a couple years back. And that sort of started because I was blogging at the time and I still do blog over at a site called style and pepper. And I basically, I've been blogging for maybe like, I think we just passed, I think April, it'll be eight years. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's uh, a while. Yeah. It's a while. So, but blogging for me has always looked pretty different again, different seasons, like, mm -hmm. uh, not literally, like I don't say like season, season right, exactly. Season 92 of style. Yeah. Which is where um, you are in life. Yeah. It's just, it's like, I'm blogging there about what I'm into. So it's, I talk about, uh, you know, trying to cultivate a happy, healthy and flavorful life. So a lot of times I'm sharing my outfits that I'm wearing. I'm sharing, um, you know, recipes I'm loving. I'm sharing different like essays about what I'm going through in life. And through the journey of starting this lifestyle blog, uh, and then turning it into a business, I, I've learned so much, not only about business, but about myself and what it means to actually, um, have control over what your life looks like and how you participate in your life and the different elements that are important to you and how you prioritize things. And I have gone through so many ups and downs and had a lot of heartbreak and a lot of challenges and a lot of moments where uh, it felt like there was no joy or not a lot of joy at all and more sucky moments than good moments. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I have learned from having the accountability of this blog is that when I am taking care of myself and when I'm putting time and effort and sometimes even money, though I am extremely frugal, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, into just kind of designing my life and designing a happy, healthy and flavorful life, it just... I just feel healthier. So what does that look like on a regular day-to-day -day basis? Because I, I know that you said that you were, you had, you battled with depression before. Am I correct? Definitely. Yeah. And so then you kind of went on this journey of figuring out what you just said to me. Sure. What did that tangibly look like for you on an everyday basis? Because I guarantee you there's someone listening and they're like, yeah. I feel like I'm lost. I feel yeah. as though there's no joy. I feel as though I only take care of my children and my husband or my friends and I don't take care of myself. What did that look like for you? So to, um, yeah, to bring it down to like an everyday level, I think that one of the things I remember most clearly about my first experiences with depression and anxiety was feeling like the rug had been ripped out, out from under me. And it's like a really disorienting feeling 
Um, mine was caused by some some circumstantial life events and then also uh, uh, some side effects from medication that I was on for some health reasons and then also just the psychological um, uh, challenges that can go along with having chronic, uh, multiple chronic health problems. Mm-hmm. And so I, j- I just had all of the, and also being newly married and moving away from my- It was a lot. It was just a lot going on, yeah. yeah. And then some really, really sad trauma and all of that. So. I felt so disoriented and I felt like, um, it created a vacuum and you know how like a a vacuum, not like a vacuum that you vacuum your floor with, but just like a vacuum that was sucking Mm -hmm. so hard that nothing could get in or out. Like, you know, how you, you make like a vacuum with a plastic cup on like a a surface, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can't even like, nothing can even get in or out or move or anything. Yeah, I just felt so stuck. And even actually with uh, my relationship with God, that was when, oh, my faith just was like, uh, and I actually don't talk about this part of my faith that often. I write about it a lot and I've shared about it in some of my writings, but um, it was just in such a dark place. Like I had so much doubt and I had known Jesus all through growing up. My parents know Jesus. I I lived, you know, a pretty sheltered, but also really blessed mm-hmm. childhood. And so to have all of this happen and to be away from my parents and away from my yeah. church and away from everything. Um, and then also to feel like God, you know, wondering whether or not God could have prevented any of that from happening or, or why God wasn't pulling me out of it or why God wasn't like Mm. breaking the seal of that vacuum for me, uh, was just a real time of desperation. Yeah. Um, and so did you feel, you said you grew up in the church and your parents are believers and did you feel as though you had this firm foundation that I know that a lot of us have felt in moments like this Yeah, and even the Bible talks about, did you feel that at all? Yeah, but it's uh, it actually almost made it worse. Okay. <laughs> Not worse, but like I felt like like it it's like if you have something that's super reliable that works, like if you if you're <laughs> we were talking about cars earlier and like if you have this great car that's worked all the time and has never broken down, has mm-hmm. never failed you and like it's just great. It's this great little car, you take care of it and like but you maybe you start to take it for granted and so it starts to not work quite as well. And obviously I'm not saying that God wasn't working as well. I'm saying that like my faith was something that I think I started to take for granted. I see. And I wasn't putting the effort in and I, I wasn't, I wasn't, but I, here's the problem is to, to answer Because your life was easy. Is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah, just, it wasn't like easy. I think I still had, you know, I had a lot of learning experiences. I made a lot of mistakes. But you, you know, just weren't living what you were living right now. Well, and I was like, you know how when you're, when, if that's your situation with the car and then all of a sudden your car doesn't start one morning and you're like, what, what, what the heck? Yeah. What, what, do, you mean? what do you mean you're not going to turn on? And you're like, no, no, this is not happening. Like, <laughs> like banging the steering wheel. Come on, come on. And so I just remember thinking like this, this, this is not, I don't understand. Like what, were you not, are, are you not watching? Like, and I just remember having, having the strong foundation now, now I can look back and see that I am so grateful for that. And obviously, I mean, hello, I, am not going to complain about having uh, a family that, that loves the Lord and who raised me in a way that I just now appreciate so, so much. But I, but I think it, it sort of, um, oh, maybe it spoiled me. Mm. Yeah. I think it spoiled me. And, and I think having those extreme challenging moments, um, made me question in a way that now I see, uh, has, has just grown back, uh, 10, 20, 50 times Mm -hmm. stronger. Um, you know, it's like (laughs) when you prune back a bush, I'm actually looking out my front window right now and we have this daisy bush and like, sounds lovely, right? No, no. Those taking over. Those mofos are taking uh-huh, over the front. Uh-huh. And so, um, by the way, I just edited myself big time for you, girl. 
<laughs> I know there might be babes listening. <laughs> um, anyways, so yeah, I cut this daisy bush back because it was like overgrowing its little planter that it's in, in the ground. And I was like, yeah, that'll take care of that. Oh no, it's like bigger and healthier and prettier than you could ever believe. And I feel like that's what happened to my faith. Mm-hmm. Like I, oh, I got, I got pruned, man. Yeah. I, I just like, like I had life take the pruning shears to me and cut me back in a way that I I totally needed. Um, And I think my faith was at a point where I was like, is this even a thing? Like, Mm -hmm. am I an idiot for believing this all along? And my whole life was, I mean, at the time my husband was in grad school training to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. He was in seminary. I was like, great, I'm going to be a pastor's wife. And, and I can't get myself together. <laughs> right. Together, which I laugh because I just always think of myself as like the world's most le- least likely pastor's wife. Anyway, uh-huh. so no, I'm right behind you. So, so right. Let's start a club yes. anyway. So, um, so yeah, so that was, that was how that looked for me at the time. And then but you know what, Jesse, I'm thinking about right now is I'm like, I'm thinking I'm studying John 15, like, which is actually about what you just said, like about like, um, Jesus, I'm the vine. My father's a vine dresser oh, yeah. and he prunes those so they can bear more fruit. Oh, I have full body chills. Praise Jesus. You know, and I like think about I, your story and I think about in the midst of that, I'm sure you felt like this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Yeah. Like, this is awful. Well, Where are you, God? How'd this happen? But it's- also it's hard to have because you, there's so much, you know what, that happens in the world that is just heartbreaking for so many people. And I think one of the things I struggled with, not to cut you off, but this was like a big part of it for me was like, who the heck do you think you are, Jesse? You, you're complaining. I mean, granted, I did. I don't even want to go into it. There was some really bad stuff that I would never wish upon anybody that mm-hmm. I go, that I went through and still sometimes experience. But I still was like, I have, I have it so much better than so so many Uh parts of the world. And I was really, that was like a contributing factor to how down I got. Is that you felt like I don't deserve, I don't have the right to come to be upset. Yeah. Like I don't have the, how how could I possibly be depressed? Like, uh like, or how could I possibly be down on myself about X, Y, Z? You like fill in the blank, you know, like this, this world is so broken Uh and, and look at me and, 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 and how how could I turn this into like a pity party, whatever? And it it just like that actually kind of exacerbated. I was gonna snow- say that's like a contributing thing. factor to keep women in this cycle is even when you start to think 100%. like, man, I I don't know why I can't get myself together. I'm gonna pull myself Absolutely. up by my bootstraps and keep going, and we just can't do it. Yeah, and so one of the things that I actually teach in my mentoring sessions is that we have the ability to to rewrite our truths. And actually you might've heard me speak. I might've talked a little bit about that at the noonday conference. I can't remember. Uh-huh. I don't know if we fully went into it, but anyways, I had to learn how to rewrite the truths that were playing over and over again in my brain. And, and so part of that was, um, a kind of a combination of things happened for me. Like I started I started accidentally learning a little bit more about spiritual practices. And one of those was centering prayer. And then I also started delving into the world of, I love reading nonfiction. Uh So I started reading like some memoirs and some personal development, personal growth type books, and just realizing that that can really make a huge difference in someone's overall uh, quality of life, both spiritual practices and the personal growth. And so I started experimenting with like, what parts of this can I adapt, uh, adopt in my own life to hopefully um, not only grow but heal yeah. from some of the stuff that I'm experiencing? And I've never been on um, I've never been on any antidepressant or anti anxiety medication, uh, even after the uh, encouragement of my doctors to do right. so. Uh-huh. Um, for a lot of reasons we don't have to go into, but, but basically, uh, have just learned ways around that. And obviously I'm not anti anti antidepressant because for a lot of people, that is what has to happen. And like my mom has been on medication and that has really helped her and she's off now. But like, I just, for me, I don't know why I have some weird medication, like just like you can't 
mix certain things. Yeah. And so I just have always been too afraid to, to go into that world. And, and so, but I do just feel like the Lord has shown me, um, that the first step to breaking out of that cycle, that mental cycle has been rewriting my truths and my number one truth, um, that my whole life revolves around is that I was created in his image and I was created to be a reflection of his love Mm -hmm. and my world just revolves around that. And so that's my number one truth. I have a lot of other random truths. Um, so is that the first truth you started working on? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. And tell me, like, it seems like, I mean, however many years you are removed from that now, it seems like, oh, I did, I read this book and then I worked on these truths and then I started feeling better, but I know that's not reality. What did that actually look like to like try to tell someone who feels so down about themselves, the world, their marriage, their life, whatever the circumstances might be. Okay. Let's rewrite this truth. How actually tell me what does that feel like to tell yourself that when you don't believe it? Um, it feels the, the efforts feel futile sometimes. Um, so it really is something that you're like, I'm going to commit to do this every day, whether I believe it or not. Yeah. And I think learning more about what, like, I, I mean, like I said, my primary truth is that I'm a daughter of God, but then there's other truths. And like, that obviously is my, that's my core. That's the foundation. But breaking it down day to day, like there's other things that I know to be true that make a day better for me. So like, for instance, if I wake up, here's, here's an example. Today was an interesting morning for me. Um, I know that it is really difficult for me to start my day and go about my day like a normal human being without having my coffee first thing. Okay. And I, I've gone off coffee. So so I know I'm not addicted, whatever, but it's like when I went off of it, Yes, I had a couple of days of migraines. And it's like this and ritual thing that you like. But it's a ritual. Yeah. And that's actually a lot of what it boils down to for me. Like, I know that that's going to that, – and today, <laughs> I was going to make myself a pot of coffee or a, a French press of coffee. And our coffee grinder wouldn't work. Obviously, you need to have that happen exactly. in order to make the French press. And Gerard couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. It just like – it worked yesterday. didn't work today. Whatever. <laughs> so I was like, What? freaking out. And I could have run to the coffee shop down the street, but I just didn't have time. And then I needed to take him somewhere. So anyways, I was like, I have this other stuff. It's, have you heard of choffee? No. (laughs) Okay. It's like this chocolate, it's like ground cacao beans and it's totally like a health. I'm so into health food, like random trends and supplements, all this stuff. Anyways, it's ground cacao beans. It's supposed to be a coffee stand in like a supplement. Uh And so I'm like, well, I'll just make some chaffee in the French press and it'll be fine. But it's decaffeinated. Uh, So I made that. I made that. I had, I I drank the whole French press. Of course you did. There's no caffeine in it. I know. I'm like, glug, 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 glug. Then I was still feeling like not myself. And again, Gerard was like, uh, like I was, I snapped at him a couple of times. He's like, what's the matter with you? And I was like, I haven't had coffee yet. And he didn't make a pot for us like he normally does because he knew he was going to go work yeah. from the coffee shop. So he's like, let me just make you a quick pot. And I was like, I don't have time. We have to go. Of course, I burst out into tears. <laughs> I'm like trying to paint. I'm trying to fold my laundry, but I just painted my nails, which was a dumb idea before you fold laundry. Yes. So I was like just getting in a tizzy. And I was like, this is, this is the perfect example of one of those things that like I just need to let myself understand that this has to happen before I can feel like a normal person. And that's okay. Yeah. Like, cause I started getting down on myself and I'm like, I'm such an idiot. Like this is, why is this a big deal to me? Why, like, why can't I be myself without caffeine? Like at my Medicaid, you know, if I, right. all these questions, like, and I just had to give myself the grace and say, look, it's okay. And so that was when I was like, I'm just going to drive him to the coffee shop. He ran in, got me a cup of coffee. That oh, was what I texted him. was like, I'm going to be five minutes late and dropped, you know, dropped him off. Everything was okay. But it's simple things like that. Sometimes simple, sometimes not so simple. But today it was a simple truth of like, I just, I, I am okay with uh-huh. saying I need that to happen in order for me to not um, feel like I'm spiraling downward, which yeah. it might, but it also is, is even something as simple as if I'm going to go into a meeting or a speaking engagement or anything where I want to feel confident or, 
um, just like, you know, walk in and you own the place. I know I have this one shade of lipstick that is like, Oh, it's your thing. You got to have it. Like, and actually I've got a couple that are my go-tos, but I just, I feel like this color works on my skin tone. It makes me feel great. Same with like, actually have a whole, like I do my makeup a certain way when I need to feel a certain way. Uh And actually there's many variations of how I do my makeup and I do that. I choose based on how I want to feel and same with getting dressed. But all of these different things are little truths that uh-huh. like make me feel different ways. And so it's boiling it down to what, how do I want to feel? What's going to get me to that point? And then, and then how can I make decisions based on my current situation? So if I'm on the, you know, when we were traveling across the country and we did a tour for our podcast and it was so fun, we had events in cities across the U S and we also used that as our, like basically our way to get across the country when we moved. But I knew that our coffee situation could be, uh, (laughs) less than desirable (laughs) to be, to be honest. And so I was like, I'm not going to let that happen. And so these are the small, small things I can do to make sure like the friends that we stay with, I'm going to, I'm going to call them ahead of time and be like, Hey, is it okay if I bring coffee beans with me or do yeah. you drink, drink coffee? Like, can I bring my French? Is this weird? No. Everybody was like, you know what? We're a coffee drinking family. We're going to have it made by 7am. And so you don't have to worry about it. And everybody, thankfully it Had was it like, for you. it made it so easy. Yeah. And not to sound like a diva. Cause that really is the only thing that I'm like, <laughs> please, please. But, um, it's just like going through the extra effort to make sure that your life is designed to, um, to incorporate yeah. the little things that are going to make you feel great so that you can be the best version of yourself and then serve your family and, and be a good friend and reflect God's love in every way possible. That's really good. And I, two things. Number one is if I'm going to speak somewhere or be on a stage or be in front of people, I have yeah. to have my nails done. It's oh, like, really? yeah. and yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't have a specific color, <laughs> but just a couple of years ago when I started being in front of people, I thought, even if whatever I say sucks, even if nobody <laughs> likes me, at least my nails will look good. And so you know, that is so funny. I have one talk that I, um, really love giving. So I speak at, um, women's retreats occasionally. And I love, I love that type of an audience. Usually they're Christian women's retreats. Uh-huh. And I love that audience because I love speaking to women because of the whole, like, even though I'm not the girliest girly girl, even though it sounds like I am, cause I'm talking about lipstick and blah, blah, blah. But, and I have a fashion blog, but I, I also am a total tomboy. And, and so anyways, I, I have this, this one talk that I love giving because it actually is a metaphor that connects different spiritual practices to basically uh, beauty and style concepts. So oh. the reason I'm bringing it up is because the one that has to do with nails and nail polish is, um, is basically, and, and kind of, I talk about like nail polish and wearing rings and bracelets and, and this idea that you're adorning your hands so that when you reach out and touch others, uh, and when you reach your hands out and serve others, there's, there's this like joyful, you know, the bracelets that make a joyful noise, uh-huh. they're, the, they're the rings that reflect light, they're the nails that are, um, showing that, that you, that you prioritize self-care. And it's just so funny. Cause that's, that's a that's fun hilarious. one. It's almost like, like which, which beauty element is your favorite? <laughs> Maybe that's a spiritual, pr- it's like, sounds like a Buzzfeed quiz. A Christian it does. Buzzfeed it does. Quiz. Hey guys, I want to talk about my friends at Pine Cove Camps. We've been personally sending our kids there for years now in the summer, and we love the way that Pine Cove is so intentional with who they hire to invest in our kids. The counselors at Pine Cove come from all over the nation, and they are so in love with Jesus. Campers love the fun activities at camp like giant water slides and ropes courses and horseback riding, but they also get a great opportunity to grow in Christ. There's always something about getting away that really lets God impact our hearts. As a mom, I love getting to send my kids somewhere seriously safe and seriously fun. You can find out more information about Pine Cove on their website at pinecove.com. Well, it makes me think too when you said about like prioritizing self-care. When you're talking about this, it just, I keep thinking, and I think that women struggle with self-care more than men do. And I don't know why. And I think that's across the board women, whether you're a full-time working mom outside the home or you are a full-time stay-at-home mom. I find like, I'll give you an example this morning. 
I have not been working out and I'm feeling the effects of it. Like I'm feeling fluffy. I'm feeling slouchy. Like I'm feeling like I'm not taking care of my body. I say fluffy too, by the way. Yes. I just feel fluffy. And so I'm thinking, I want to, I want to take this by the rate. I want to take care of this. Like, it's not that hard, Jamie. Right. And so I made it a plan. Hard, I know, but I made it's a plan. It's not hard when you know what to do, but it, it's hard to actually execute. It's so hard. Yeah. And I made a plan today. I was like, I'm going to take the kids to school. And then I have an hour before I talk to Jesse, mm-hmm. I'm going to go work out. Right. I'm going to go walk around my block or I'm going to do a video, something. And I got home and I got on my computer and I started answering emails. And then I turned on the movie that I started last night to finish while I was doing emails. Mm-hmm. And then next thing I know, I'm still in my pajamas talking to you and I haven't been outside. Mm-hmm. It's just, why is you it know, so hard for us? You know what? Uh, first of all, I always say time flies when you're procrastinating. Oh my gosh. Right. Um, for sure. Cause like I'm the same way that happened to me yesterday. It wasn't with working out, but it was with something else. And I was like literally two hours. I was like, I'll do it in five minutes. And two, I looked at the clock and it was two, <laughs> two hours later. I was like, yes. holy cow. Oh my gosh. So anyways, you know, I don't know why it's hard. It's, I think because if it's something that actually isn't high on our, if, if it's something that doesn't self-satisfy in some way, so if it doesn't feel good or if it's difficult or if it's not, if it doesn't bring enjoyment, it's, it's easy to grasp at anything else that does fit into one of those categories. Yeah. Even if it's like, to use your example, like, First of all, there, most people would agree that working out, I mean, I actually am one of the crazy people that like, I have just trained myself to associate working out with feeling good because I notice such a significant difference when I get the rush of endorphins and how I feel. I also have two very specific health issues that have to do with circulation. And so when I'm like the 24 hours after a workout for me is when I feel physically, the least amount of pain, the least amount of discomfort, blah, blah, blah. But anyways, so I'm in the minority, I think in the sense that most people working out is like when you're actually doing it, you're either in pain or you're like tired or you're, you know, you're like, or you don't see results immediately. Like if you're like, I feel fluffy, I'm going to go work out. And then you come in and you're like, well, I feel exactly the same. That was done. Well, if you want to talk about results, I I will tell you exactly how to get results. That's like, that's one of my favorite things. I, I just, I am so so motivated by seeing progress that I just have learned what to do. I, yeah, well, that can be that we can talk about that. I would later. love to, hear you can that. have me back on the show. And we'll talk about that. <laughs> I would love to hear your results, the way to get but results. So, but so here's the thing is I think that because you're sitting there in your pajamas thinking like I could either go put myself through this quote unquote misery of, you know, whatever you're going to do, or I could feel productive or I could do work. You know, that's exactly. what, that's what and it so is. Yeah. We choose, we choose in that moment. You're like, I'm going to choose the productivity yes. because that that's what is like self-satisfying at that moment. And it's not bad. It's not like you're going in like, you know, lounging around yeah. and like eating bonbons. Exactly. Like you're still working. It's just that, um, it's not what you intended to do. It's not what you set out to do. And so then, then it's really hard to get down on yourself. And I fall into this a lot more as it relates to like work and housework for me. Housework is what I am like, oh, I'll do it in five minutes. And then I'm like, crap, Gerard's almost home. And I said I was going (laughs) to dishwasher and do all this stuff. And then I get really down on myself like, oh, like failure. Yeah, total failure. And that's where the downward spiral happens. And that's when these truths come in and I have to stop myself. And it takes so much self-control, Jamie. Let me just tell you, like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to write this on a post-it and stick it where I can see it. And every time I feel down, I'm going to say my truths out loud. It's so not like that. <laughs> right. it's, like, it's so messy. Yeah. And it's so, like, like I said, there's, there has to be so much grace yeah. and that grace just doesn't even exist unless we rely on the Lord. That's just I the, love that. And I think that we can take that and put that in anything, whether it's like, I want to work out more. I want to be a mother, a better wife. I want to be a better parent. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better keeper of the house. I want to read my Bible more, whatever. Yeah. Um, like it is messy and it takes time and grace. Okay. So what three things are you loving right now? One thing that I'm really loving right now is, um, so I'm, you talked about nails, getting nails yes. done. So I'm really into fingernails. Okay. That sounds so weird. So I always either usually have shellac on my nails uh-huh. or I just use, I do, when I have regular polish on, I never get manicures because I love painting my own nails. Like, I do not is, understand that. Oh, it is like a Zen, majorly Zen moment for me. I just, 
I don't know why it's relaxing. Like if I'm stressed out and I'm working, I will find myself closing my computer and painting your nails, painting my nails. And then I'm, I I have my friend Tiffany Marish. They, I, they're always painting their nails. I have never painted my toenails in my entire life. I get them done to me. Uh, Oh, toenails is different. Toenails. Okay. I I feel like I, I just, it's easier to go in and pay the place I go to. I just get a polish change usually. And it's like $6. So it's just easier for me to go get a $6 polish change every, and also I'm a runner. So like my toes get trashed. Yeah. I do not want to be responsible for having to clean that up. So anyways, <laughs> so fingernail wise though is different. So anyways, I just, I just recently, basically since August till now, I've had shellac on my nails, which I love, but uh, once you get that off, it just, your nails are kind of weak. And so, uh, I've discovered this stuff and also they've got like the ridges in them and whatever. My nails usually kind of peel a little bit. Yeah. I can get my nails really long, but they just, I don't know, after the shellac, they're, they're unhealthy. So I just, I usually walk into like a CVS or whatever, and I just buy whatever clear polish that I see. And this is what happened this last week or a few weeks ago. And I just grabbed this one that I'd never heard of before, but it was called, it's called Sally Hansen Triple Strong. Okay. And I was like, yeah, whatever, Triple Strong. We'll see about that. And so I put it on and it's the first time after removing shellac and applying clear nail polish that I felt like no nails broke. Ugh. No, I don't, I'm able to apply, I apply two coats and then I feel like it fills in the ridges enough for me to apply nail polish without it looking like all lumpy. Anyways, I'm obsessed with this stuff. And so it's great because I used to not take my shellac off because I felt like, well, I'm just going to take that off and then they're going to look awful. So I would just keep getting shellac over and over again. But now that I found this stuff, I feel like if I need to go on a break from the shellac, whether I'm just like trying to save money or I just want to paint my nails more often. Um, I have this stuff that I can use and I really love it. I've been using it for two weeks and I feel like since I took the stuff off and then cut my nails down, nothing has broken or anything. That's so good. Cause that's the worst. I do shellac as well. And when I you take too? it off, yeah. which I take it off myself, which probably doesn't help. I just start picking it after like 12 or 14 days and my oh, nails are so okay. awful. But anyway, so that's my one thing. Okay. The second thing is <laughs> so silly. Um, you know, Macklemore? Yes. Do you know their newish song downtown? Um, my kids probably do. Okay. So I'm not going to sing it for you, but is it bad? No, it's a great song. I don't know about the like moral content because I don't pay that close attention to song lyrics, um, which has gotten me into trouble more than once. I didn't either until you have like an eight-year-old that sings everything. and not even imagine. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so the new song is so freaking catchy and like, oh, it's just like the beat is so good. It's so dance worthy. And um, Gerard and I love to lip sync. Okay. And uh, I'm kind of telling this out of order, but basically, so I heard the song and I first was like, this is the best song ever. And it's so good to dance to. We love to dance. Gerard and I like, we love to go to clubs and go dancing, which is so random because <laughs> we're usually the oldest ones there. And of course, like, but it's also the only ones that are married and like <laughs> not looking like, to hook up with anyone else. Totally. Okay. And what's then, your third thing? Shoot. What was my third thing? Oh, I mean, this is not, this is not new by any means. Um, but it's funny cause I feel like one of the reasons why I've full, full, fully embraced Snapchat recently uh, is because as I come across these fun, new, cool things, it's just like the quickest, quickest, easiest way to share it. But okay. this is something that I get asked about so much because I talk about it uh, to anyone who will listen uh-huh. is apple cider vinegar, unfiltered. Oh yeah. What do you, you drink it for everything, huh? Oh girl. I don't even just drink it. I, I use it on so many different things. Have you seen my big fat Greek wedding? Yes. A long time ago. Okay, do you remember how the dad sprays Windex on everything? Was that apple cider vinegar? The, no, it no. The, no, so the dad, the, her dad, the girl's dad, uh-huh. he like, she gets like a zit and he's like, spray Windex on it. And like, she has a headache and he's like, let me put Windex on your head. And like, yeah, is that every, how you are with That's how vinegar. I am with apple cider vinegar. And it's funny because my dad was always like that with aloe vera. My uh-huh. dad literally like, Oh, my, I sprained my ankle. Put aloe vera on it. Dad, aloe vera does not help ankle sprains. You're imagining that, you know? And um, my family's really into like holistic health and stuff. Anyways, apple cider vinegar is my Windex, basically. I drink, I drink 
I drink it all day long. I drink it every morning, and but you dilute it. Like there's different ratios, so it's very important that you don't just drink straight apple cider vinegar. And don't go to the store and get like the Heinz brand or the whatever you know normal yeah, brand. Yeah, you get Bragg's. Well, you yeah, they have a couple of different brands that I buy, but Bragg's is my favorite. And then Whole Foods has their own brand, like the the Whole Foods. I think it's called Three Sixty Five. Whatever the yeah, Whole uh-huh. brand is is like their organic brand. They have it. The most important thing more than brand is that you don't it, – it shouldn't be clear. That's the easiest way to tell if you're buying the right kind. It should say on the label um, unfiltered and it should also say with the mother. So the way that apple cider vinegar – What is the mother? Okay. So this is going to gross you out. I also – have you heard of kombucha? Yes. Okay. So I also brew my own kombucha. Of course you do the house. And so, <laughs> stop it. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to bring you some kombucha when I come visit. Um, so the way that things like that are fermented and made, even just like sourdough bread, like that is made from a fermentation process. Uh-huh. And, and, and there's like, um, cultures like yogurt, a lot of stuff that's fermented. It's, it's, there's a culture that's added to whatever it is that you're fermenting that causes the fermentation process. And so with apple cider vinegar, the, the cultures that have fermented the vinegar are what make it good for you. Right. So for instance, like kombucha is fermented tea, ferment, it's basically fermented sugar tea. Um, but the reason it's good for you is because you fermented it with this organism that eats the sugar. So there's really not very much sugar in it when you drink it, but it's the cultures that are in there, the probiotics. And so that's why the ACV is good for you. But if you buy the like regular brand that I remember seeing like in my mom's pantry growing up. Yeah, it's clear. Uh, it's clear and it's kind of dark. It's like a amber color. That stuff has had the cultures filtered out. Ah, so it doesn't, it doesn't do any good for you. No, and actually it could, could not be good for you if you like, you just really shouldn't drink that. Um, okay, what are you reading right now? So I am almost finished with um, uh, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Oh, yes. Great book. Oh my gosh. I don't know why it took me so long to, to pick it up. And actually it's been fun because it's obviously about Brooklyn and uh-huh. it's set back in like early, early, uh, you know, like as the country's developing basically, um, it's about an immigrant family and just like the old, old, old timey Brooklyn. It's so interesting. It's written in kind of like essay. I mean, it like it's, it's in chronological order, but like each chapter is basically like a separate story kind yeah. of like an uh-huh. essay. Anyways, it's been fun because I started reading that pretty much when we left New York. And yeah. I and so obviously it's been a few months, but I I feel like because it's it's sort of broken up into stories, I just like I'll read, you know, one every once in a while and and I'm I'm actually kind of savoring it. I don't know if you do that, but like if you love a book, um it's a little harder if it's like a page turner, but with something like this, I feel like it's been easier to say like Oh, I'm not going to read that tonight. I'm going to read something else because I don't want it to be over. Right. You, know? you want to like enjoy every and minute. The end. So I'm only reading like one chapter per night. But anyways, um, it's funny. I am looking for more stuff to read. I got in a really big habit of reading mostly nonfiction for a while. Uh-huh. And I kind of, I usually have at least two or three books going at once. I love reading. Um, I love reading books about faith and spirituality. Um, which most of the time ends up being a Christian book, but sometimes it's even more just like general, um, general spirituality, which might sound kind of weird, but it actually has really strengthened and confirmed so much about my relationship with Jesus. Okay. So I've got a book recommendation for you. Yes, please. Have you read The Kitchen House by Kathleen Grissom? No, I'm writing it down. Yes. I loved this book. Um, and it was about, it takes place, um, in the South, and it is about, well, I'm going to read the, the little summary for you. I just pulled it up. It says, orphaned while on board a ship from Ireland, seven-year-old Lavina arrives on the steps of a tobacco plantation where she is to live and work with the slaves of the kitchen house. Oh, okay. Under the care of Belle, the master's Ill- illegitimate daughter, Le- Lavinia deeply bonds with her adopted family, though she is set apart from them by her white skin. Eventually, she's accepted into the world with the big house, and she finds herself stranded between these two different worlds. And when she's forced to make a choice, loyalties are brought into questions. Dangerous truths are laid bare and lives are put at risk. 
I loved this book Do so much. It? Okay. I'm going to try and find it. That's, there, that's, that's great. Yes. And the reason I bring it up is because I just heard that the author has um, a second book coming out. Like it, Ooh, it like continues. Love. Oh, it's the same story? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. It's like what happens next. Oh, nice. That is great. I have to put you on the spot for a second and uh -oh. ask um, because I – I just am so excited about this. Uh, may I be one of the first customers of your book when it comes oh, out? Oh, yes. I'll send you everything. Like, no, no. Like, I want to buy it. I want to buy it. Like, will, will oh. you please, can I be on like the pre-order list? A hundred percent. Okay. Because I just, I, I like, I like you know, supporting my friends out of the gate, but I also really, really, really know that what, what you're doing, I, I just can only imagine you pouring your out, your heart out because I've read what you've written before. Your heart in a book is just gonna, is just gonna be epic. And you're I so can't sweet. Wait. This Seriously. show is like, yeah, I, I, after we get off the phone, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go for a walk and I'm just going like, <laughs> to like, I'm going to get my workout in and I'm just going to like breathe in all the kind things you said to me. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. You're so sweet. Hey, thanks for coming on the happy hour. Seriously. I cannot thank you enough for having me. This has been such a good way to start my day. <laughs> oh, yay. And I am a hundred percent about to go put some clothes on. I, I have to shower today. <laughs> Wait, are you naked? Well, no, but I have on. <laughs> pajamas and I have to shower today because my husband comes home and I think it's appropriate for me to be showered and dressed when he comes oh, home. Oh girl, we have a whole episode about that. <laughs> I try to put myself together when he comes home, not yeah. because, because I think it is just healthy for our marriage to do that. So I agree. In fact, I, I, we learned quickly that I, I was like really prioritizing that for a while. And Gerard finally had to sit me down and say like, I appreciate the shower and the deodorant and all that good stuff. But when you put on lipstick before I get home, it's really like a, a kiss deterrent. Like he doesn't want to kiss me when I have oh, all this lipstick. You, you guys said that in the show I listened yeah. to this morning. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so weird. I don't know oh, if it's the most recent one, but you were talking no, about facial hair oh, and lipstick. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the one this, yeah, the facial hair one was the most recent one, but we actually referenced that I think it was episode 16 we okay. talked about lipstick. But it's so funny because like I'm the same way. If I know he's coming home, I'm like... Honey, I want to look cute. Right? Yeah, especially um, he's been out of town all week. But yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect. So yeah, you get yourself ready, and Aaron's going to be super excited to give you a hug and a kiss. Yes, so excited. Um, okay, well, um, have a great week. Thanks, dear. Talk to you later. Guys, wasn't that such a fun conversation with Jesse? I loved hearing about the way that she worked with the depression, and, and she even encouraged me so much that literally I went out and walked around my neighborhood that day. Remember, everything we chatted about is going to be up on my website, jamieivy.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Share with me something that you love from this episode. Today's show was edited by Lox McCoy, and the music is from Jason Poe. The show notes are written by Amanda Brown. This Friday is our very first Friday edition of the Happy Hour. So don't be surprised when a new show pops up in your feed. We're bringing you an extra show every other week to help you get through the weekends. The first guest is Jess Conley, and you've heard her on here twice already on the Happy Hour, and you're going to love our conversation. Also, this Sunday, guys, is my very first Happy Hour Live event. 120 women are showing up at my house for great food, great conversation, and a super fun time. I cannot wait to tell you about it, and I cannot wait to start planning the next one after this one. Next week, my guest is Rachel Garlinghouse, and we chat all about adoption. You're going to love that show. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. And guys, I promise I will sound better next week. This is awful. The flu is no joke. Okay, I'll see you guys next week. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.